I'm Kendall. And I'm Bree. And this is When the Light Goes Out. Hi. (laughs) Hello, all of you strange and beautiful humans. Welcome back to another week of When the Light Goes Out. It is episode 23. 23. 23. Oh, wait, no, I can't even do it. It's 21. I don't know about you. Oh, I thought. 23. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say 21. Can you do what something for me? What song is 23? <laughs> is there a 23 song? I don't think there is out there. There's one, there's a TikTok one that's like, um, oh, shit. What is it? I'm trying to think of the sound. 23. I feel like looking that up. It's by, like, um, what the fuck is that girl's name? Oh, Choji? oh, 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 I know that song, but I know I'm also thinking of, isn't there a um, song that Miley Cyrus came out with called 23, right? 20 something? In, I don't know. Uh, I don't listen to Miley Cyrus No, much. it's like such an old song and I feel like anyone oh. would know it though. It's... Oh, shit, I don't know. What about G's on... Choji's 23 song, song is like... G's on... G's, not... wait, G's on my feet. G's on, on my feet. feet. That's 23, right? It's not called 23? I think it might be. Okay, I got I, I got one. <laughs> I like this game. Shelgies <laughs> is like not really um, a catchy twenty three though, because the part that she says it is now I'm twenty three. Felt like I outlived all my enemies. Oh god! And then she starts okay. the song with being like, um, "I'm just starting to make enemies." How old are you now? And then she goes twenty three, and then it says K makes sense, and then it goes into the song. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like a TikTok. Like, oh, she's really I feel like on I feel like I've definitely probably heard that song before. It sounds really familiar. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, um, I hope everyone's had a great, great week. I like to just start out with that because we don't say it enough. We don't like to ask enough, and just yeah. Uh, how was your guys' week? Yeah, Not that y'all talk to us much anyway, but. <laughs> just a mental just a mental wellness check just making sure everyone's doing okay yeah well we well i'll speak for myself i don't know how your week went (laughs) go ahead (laughs) what did i even do this week god i don't even know i worked most of the week sunday was my errand day like oh i'm gonna move my mic real quick i'm sorry if i'm making a lot of noise okay i'm here sunday (laughs) was like i felt like i ran all my errands and then monday through tomorrow i've just yeah. been working so yeah well, if you guys hear my cat meowing or purring as always boo's here boo's here boo's in the house <laughs> as always for people who um are just joining in on this episode boo is my cat boo is our mascot she is our mascot <laughs> if you hear any like random noises she is all up on our podcast table yeah she's up on the table she's staring at kendall like she's being confrontational she's about to smell my plate get out of here there's nothing on it but will you can anyway. sit with me, or will you be will you be good? Will you lay down? Will you lay down, boo? <laughs> lay down. Lay down. It looks like he's trying to cast a spell on her. Right I now. was like hovering my hand lay over down. her, not petting her. I don't know why. I'm so weird. Lay down. <laughs> anyway, how was your week? My week was okay. It wasn't too bad. It was uh, pretty dormant so far. I feel like I guess. I haven't done a ton. Oh, is she about to jump? She mm-hmm. okay. Go ahead, boo. Don't knock over my bottom, 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 bottom. What is it called? Bottomini. I don't know. My your go-go juice. My go-go juice. My juice in a box. 
my wine in a box. He did a shot of tequila before this, and now he's doing um, some listen, wine in a box. Listen, listen, Wine in a juice box. We gotta feel silly sometimes when we want to talk about some goofy. dark shit. <laughs> silly, goofy. We silly, goofy girls. Oh, what the hell's wrong with us? Um, <laughs> I don't get out enough. I don't know what your thing is, because you do. <laughs> I really do. I don't really have a reason. I guess it's just no excuse. No, all around, though, my week has been good. And um, again, this is always a fun part of my week, because I feel like, I mean, obviously, this is work, but we work our own full-time jobs, and then we get to come to this, and I get to see you. I get to I get to tell all of you a story, what not to love about all of us, so... Assuming Pooh won't step on my keyboard and fuck up all this track right now, but I would cry. <laughs> like I gotta take a shower after this, Pooh. Don't fuck anything up. They're both swarming around my backpack. Is everything okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably just smell pebbles. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, I don't talk about pebbles enough. Pebbles is my little blind poodle. She's an old girl. She's a old girl. <laughs> she's a she's a, she's young at heart though. She young at heart. Oh, we gonna give her some credit. Girl, this dog has so much energy for a blind little old dog, and I'm like, girl, how do you have so much energy? Like I have little bit of energy. She is like she is so rowdy. little white dog though. Like, she is a little white she dog. She is the yeah. definition of little white dog. Like rambunctious as fuck. Like sometimes a little annoying. <laughs> yeah, no, you're a little ankle biter. That's for a sure. A little ankle biter, but, but we love her. Cute. We love my little my little pebbles. Listen, so. first time I met Pebbles, obsessed. <laughs> oh, she's so cute. Ah, I'm Pebbles. Uh, I told, I said that we wouldn't <laughs> ramble too much, but here we, we are. We can cut some of it out. <laughs> this is cute banter, though. I I told I told Bree at the beginning of the before we started the episode. Okay, let's just go into the story. No it's banter. A long one. But then we sit, and then banter just it just happens. It's because when we get a lot around with each other, and we, we haven't forget, talked yeah. about life in a while or whatever, we just y'all be just talking. sit with us and just listen. We be talking. I feel like we need a separate podcast of just us talking. Just us talking. I don't think a lot of people would listen to that. You never know. That could be a cute little thing. We had to talk about something. Like actually, actually, like relevant, but you know, yeah. maybe whatever. when we get more like more well known, yeah, have more time, yeah, yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Yeah, um, get into it. So, get into it. So, so today. We have a story for you guys. Now, this story is a pretty crazy story. I think it spirals a lot, wouldn't you say? Fast, yeah. Yeah, it it spirals pretty quickly. (laughs) Um, It's a lengthy one. It's not super lengthy, but it is like, it'll lead us right up to our time limit. A lot of info. There's a lot of info. So, um, again, if I I told you, try to like, (laughs) try to fill herself around with the audience feels. If you're confused... She's confused. We're all confused. I speak for you guys. Yes. So try to stay along. Here we go. So today's story is the murder of Abraham Shakespeare. Now, the first thing I thought when I first heard about this case is, wow, what a name. That is a name. That's a name. It's a cool name. Like, what a name. The last name is Shakespeare. Shakespeare. It's very, like, noble. Very. Like, I've never met anyone named Shakespeare. And if your last name is Shakespeare out there, can you hit us up and tell us hi? Because I'm jealous. (laughs) But anywho, the story starts out on November 24th, 2009 in Pole County, Florida, 
The sheriff's office declares a 42-year-old African-American male by the name of Abraham Shakespeare a missing person. He actually hadn't been seen for six months prior to being declared missing. Six months? Six months. Yeah. That's crazy, right? Imagine. a long time. Six months had gone by. And it was weird for Abraham to go missing, though, because he had actually recently been the winner of the Florida Lottery. Suspicious. I know. He has widely known to be a family man devoted to sharing his winnings with anyone that asks. So the real question here is... Why would a millionaire, and yes, he won $30 million. $30 million. $30 million. $30 million. I said it again. $30 million. Three zero. Are you sure you million. read those zeros right? Yeah. $30 million. $30 and if you guys million. don't believe me, look on our Instagram at WTLGO Podcast. Shameless plug. Yes. And look up, because we'll have a picture there. Of That's him holding a lot thirty million dollars money. Yeah. So a the question stands: Why would a millionaire that literally went from racks to riches just up and disappear out of a tr- without a trace? Suspicious. Sus. Very suspicious. <laughs> Not <the> suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just rewind. <laughs> that was like perfect noise. Was it really? Yeah. Ah, thank How did you. you. Do that. Okay. I, I I wasn't thinking about it. It just happened. Or it might be the box wine. But anyway, that was the tequila shot. Oh, that too. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's rewind to three years earlier in November of 2006. Okay. So, 40 year old Abraham Lee Shakespeare had been working as a truck driver while also living with his mother in Plant City, Florida. This is a rural community with lots of farming land, often used for strawberry and orange growing, and it's not super populated. And that kind of makes me really hungry for fruit right now. Don't know why, but it does. An orange does sound good. It does sound good right now. I love me an orange. (laughs) (laughs) So Abraham did not make a ton of money. He lived paycheck to paycheck. He was also a single father with his um, son, Moses. And if you don't realize already, it seemed like Moses and Abraham, their biblical name. So that's a thing. And he co-parented his son with his ex. And he often spent his time actually at home when not working, caring for his utterly grandmother. And was just a very hardworking, all-around decent person. He seems like um, a sweet, genuine, caring yeah. family man. Yeah. How many of those can you say they were living, existing in this world right now? probably not many yeah luckily i know a few a few yeah (laughs) well abraham's friend gregory would later state quote if he could help you he was on his way he was that type of person and if you saw him out he would never have a bad day unquote so you get a sense of who he kind of was like a, a sunshine. Cor- a sunshine. A rain sunshine. sunshine. I love it. And so, according to his mother, he never fought w- with her growing up, always suspected her rules, would never come home late, and never would come home drunk or any on any drugs, both in his adolescence and in his adult life. So, literally sunshine. He was literally so pure. And he was just a decent human being. I think the only thing, and of course, we all have... Maybe the smallest skeleton in our closet, if anything, it was that he loved women. And it's not a bad thing that he loved women. He just loved I women. Mean, who doesn't? I love me some women. Except I'm for Kendall, well. maybe. No, I love, <laughs> I love 
Don't get it mistaken. I love oh, my women. Don't get it twisted. Just not that way, but <laughs> in the platonic way. In the platonic way, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so now, one thing about Abraham that is actually really unfortunate is that he had a very limited education. He had a very small. Uh, sorry, he had very small social skills and knew little about how to handle money. But from human interaction, he knew some of the basics to get by. I don't know how accurate this part is because no other cited source could verify why, but it did. Uh, I did stumble upon a Reddit thread, and a user claimed that he had started going to school at a certain point, but dropped out to take care of his family after his father was out of the picture. Again, I don't know how you know true that is. That was a Reddit Reddit thread that can be easily made up. Someone yeah. could have just said that, pulled out their ass, or it could yeah. be true. Reddit's not always the most. It's not always the most trusted. Yeah, and again, <clears throat> because I didn't find that cited source, I also kind of find it as a question mark. Yeah. But that's something that we can maybe put into that story. But either way, make sure to mentally write a post-it note of that in your brain because his limited education is really what I believe gets taken taken advantage of later on. Aww. Yeah. So sad. on an investigation discovery documentary called A Stranger in My Home, they talked about Abraham and how he loved to take his son on walks. Now and then he would take his son, little Moses, to the really, really rich neighborhoods that were around and just show him the big houses. And his son would just be so fascinated by them, which is just so wholesome. Aww. It's just like, uh, and it just gets me. Sunshine. Sunshine. <laughs> On a cloudy day. Literally, he's the embodiment of that song. Oh, my God. I actually don't remember how that song goes. If there's any bad parts, I take that back. No, there. I don't think there are, but I can't even sing it because I know I'm going to fuck it up and I'm going to get hate, so it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Abraham, I'm sure, like many parents out there, really wanted a better life for his son, but knew he couldn't provide that to him. So... He wanted to inspire him the best way he knew how, which was by helping people, giving good to the world, being grateful to be alive in hopes that one day he could, you know, support his family better than he is already. So, ironically, very soon, that will all change. On November 15th, 2006. Shit. (laughs) That's my birthday. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Why do our birthdays come up so often? Our, my birthday came up in the last story, didn't it? Yeah, because it was like a few days away from oh, it or damn. something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, shit. Well, on what November happened? 15th, 2006, Abraham and a friend of his at the time named okay. Michael Ford decides to walk over to a convenience store that afternoon. Abraham asks Ford if he can go in and um, while he's shopping and go and buy two Florida lotto tickets and hands Michael $2. $2 for two lotto tickets. $2? $2. And he won 30 minutes. <gasps> uh, 30, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so Michael goes in, gets his things, gets the lotto tickets, and gets them to Abraham. Later on, that same night, the announcer on the telly. I like saying that. Telly. I'm a telly. I'm a t- <laughs> this is America. <laughs> Don't at me. <laughs> I'm sorry. So the announcer on the telly is rolling those numbers and calling them off when he realizes that he has just won a whopping $30 million. Boom, baby. 
crazy. Holy like, shit. I know I said that at the beginning, but I whoa. I would be disbelieved. I'd be like, is this fake? <laughs> I would be in shock. Like, what like, would you... Did I just get got? Before we go any further, it gets really morbid here, but what would you do with $30 million? Like, can we just talk about that for a minute? <laughs> Man, I'd like... I don't even know. I... Okay, but the way I was brought up, like, I am a frugal person, and I also... I enjoy the finer things, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't go crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like a big house. Like, I would buy, you know, bigger than what I'm in. Yeah. But not that much. Like, not, yeah. like, crazy. I like a cozy. I'd buy myself my dream cars. Yeah. I'd probably donate a lot. Mm-hmm. I'd buy my parents. My parents love their home. They'd probably stay in their house. But buy them their dream cars. I'd buy my dad a new boat. Like, oh my God, spoil my cats. Spoil Simon. Buy him his dream cars. Like, everybody get a car. You get a car. You get a car. You get a car. Literally, I'd have like four cars. (laughs) Probably do something in honor of Ryan. Like, a lot. You just go off. Like, I'd literally... It sounds like you have the same kind of heart that William Shakespeare would have. I mean, William Shakespeare. I did not just say that. (laughs) Oh, God. It sounds like you would have the same kind of energy that Abraham Shakespeare would have. (laughs) God, William Shakespeare. Well, I think if I had $30 million, I think I would... Yeah, what would you do? I think, like, pretty comparable to yours, I would probably... Start off first of all, obviously pay off all the bills. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. First, the debt if comes the, first. If that student loan forgiveness doesn't come <laughs> oh, in, baby. If any of y'all want to send us some cash for these debts, yeah, go yeah. ahead. That's beside the point. I would definitely pay off my debts. Yep. I would definitely then start thinking about my future. Yeah. I would think about invest. where I'm headed. Invest. Yes, yeah. Same. Um, then I would probably think about obviously my family, my friends. I would want to support them. I would make sure they're comfortable. I think that would even come before thinking about my future and investing. I think I would definitely need to be safe in my composure to know that, you know, my family is good. My family's yeah, taken same. care of. I don't have to worry about my family yeah, suffering same. or anything. And yeah, then I would probably then focus on my things. I would probably thinking about, you know, of course, like I said, do I want to go to college again? Do I want to spend that money on, you know, building fun and stuff. investing, fun yeah. stuff? Because, you know, that would be used. <laughs> um, but it's also so much money where you'd have, like, so much left over. You would have so much that you wouldn't like, even know what to do with it. Let's say you get, like, fucking four supercars at, like you know, $100,000 piece. Yeah. Like, you're still rolling in millions. Like, that's not even a dent. It's not a dent. It's not any... It's it's insane. But just wait to hear what Abraham does with his money and how this turns into... Man, I can already see this going real south. Real south. And it does. And no pun intended, because this is the south, but... Wow, it's 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 just fascinating this story. Well, I'll all keep right. going. Tell me all about it. All right. Well, first of all, according to Florida lottery rules, and I figured this was kind of an important uh, part to throw in. Okay. Players may choose to receive a portion of the Florida Lotto jackpots in a one-time cash option, or cash. in a cash option, or in a thirty annual payment option. So Abraham chooses the one-time lump a lump sum math, uh, payment. Period. And of course, taxes are included. So he ended up with a payout of about sixteen point nine million dollars, which 
is obviously still a fuck ton of money. That's a lot of money, but that's also almost half of it being taken away. Taxes, man. That's some bullshit. I hate taxes. I'm sorry. Anyway. Taxes are some lump of shit in itself. If taxes was a person, I'd fight them. (laughs) I think we all would. Join forces. I love it. All right. Well, of course, as soon as he had won, the press had been all over him about being the small town man that went from X to riches overnight there is that photo that the lotto winner takes with the big checks and um well of course post that on our instagram again at wtlgo podcast go go for it um there uh, (laughs) um but the problem is to me about this is that and this is according to tampa bay times that i found this on and it says quote Actually, I want you to read it. It's in big letters. <laughs> you can't miss it. Ahem. Quote, under Florida's existing law, the lottery agency immediately releases the name of winners, city of residence, game, date one, and amount one to anyone who requests it. It does not disclose the winner's home address or phone numbers, although such information can usually be discovered elsewhere, such as property records or voter registration files, which remain publicly accessible. End quote. What the fudge? Yeah, that's my problem, and I just wanted to point that out real quick. Sorry, Tampa Bay Times, but that's a bitch-ass move. Yeah. You're literally doxing him without doxing him. You're like, just so you know. Yeah. Literally. Fuck you, Tampa Bay Times. Yeah. So that's that was just something I needed to point out. Because first of all, I I think about that and I'm like, okay, this is in the early two thousands too, by the way, and like we said, things are a little different, but like not much. But the thing is is that think about how easy it is for someone Knowing your name, obviously, is already on, you know, the news. So then look you up and find you. Whether or not they may put your home address out there for people to find, people are still going to be able to find you whether or not. Like, your name is the first thing people need. But not only that, the fact that they put your, their, the residence, uh, city is just crazy okay, to me. Okay, but also, like, yes, if we get a name, we can look someone up. And, like, sure, that's, like, a thing that people do. But this is, like, almost suggesting it. Like, it's, like, suggesting it. Or it's, like, hey, if you haven't thought about it, like, now you're thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, it's, like. Yeah, you're on the ball. No, seriously. That's shitty. And it's just so shitty the way they just. That's so shitty. I agree. No, I definitely agree. In one press interview, Abraham mentioned, quote, if I lost all my money today, I'm a happy man because I was able to achieve one of my dreams and that was to be a millionaire. Stop. He's so cute. I know. And again. This hurts my heart so bad. He, oh, it just bugs the fuck out of me because I'm like, what happens? Obviously, we know the title of this episode, (sighs) but I'm going to keep powering through. Well, two months go by, it's January 2007, and Abraham decides to purchase a home on the market for $1.1 million in North Lakeland, Florida. Still not even a dent. <laughs> not even, I know. He's still got, s- he got, like, uh, but 15.8 left. <laughs> like- oh, my God. Now, this mansion had a four-car garage, a pool, an indoor and outdoor couch. Uh, 
Shakuzi. Jacuzzi. Shark shark coochie. Shark coochie. <laughs> shark coochie. Shark coochie. Shark coochie. <laughs> I need my wine. Where's my wine? Where's my Where wine? is your wine? Oh, it's right here. <gasps> Fuck. Okay. I don't know if you heard those sounds, but that was good. <laughs> he said, bone apple teeth. God, okay. Sorry. The mansion had a four-car garage, a pool, one indoor and outdoor jacuzzi, and a separate guest suite. Just to give you a brief idea of the layout. So it's a pretty fucking Bougie. big house. And again, we're going to put this on our Instagram. You can find it there. He also bought his mother a home 15 minutes away. He wanted to, and had hope, actually, that his mother would have just moved in with him. But she actually did not like the house at all. She actually hated it. It felt way too big, and it did not look to her like anything like a home. It just seemed like some kind of massive resort to her. And so she, or so he decided to just buy her a home, and it was a cute bungalow just 15 minutes away from his house. But let me tell you, if Abraham was one thing, he was selfless, and he remained frugal. Frugal till the end, I could say, actually. When it came to spending on himself outside of his home, he preferred actually to continue shopping for clothes at shopping centers like Walmart, whereas most of people around him thought he would just start shopping at high-end clothing companies. He continued to buy his jewelry from pawn shops and instead use his money to help build affordable homes to people without the availability. Bought his cousins all new homes. Provide it for his son by setting up a million-dollar trust fund. And he even gave his longtime friend, Greg Smith, who was a local barber, a eight, uh, sorry $87,000 business loan. $87,000 business loan. He's so sweet for literally all of that. For all of that. Whatever. What's the friend's name? Now, his friend's name was Greg Smith. Now, keep that name Greg in mind. better be grateful. Keep that in mind. Oh, God. Because Greg comes back later. Oh, God. So does one other friend. So just keep that in mind. Okay. Now, this man had to have been one of the most obviously generous people that the lottery has ever seen win. I, I couldn't yeah. ever see so many people just doing that and doing what he did. Oh, yeah, a lot of people are greedy. Yeah, and if you needed that help, he would help you. It's just crazy to think that there are so many nice people in the world. But that is what really started to hurt Abraham. And it worked against him. Old friends he hadn't seen since childhood, associates, and most of them were just random people, too, came out of the woodworks left and right, attempting to get closer and closer to him. And it really started to overwhelm him, like it would, I obviously, with anyone, no matter how nice you are, it's going to overwhelm you. The even worse part about this is that he was actively giving away this money to these people. So... No! I know you just said that. He still has a lot of money. <laughs> But when you're giving it away like this, at this amount of rate, yeah, but like, it dwindles. He is so, firstly, just so kind. Secondly, yeah. he can do whatever he damn well pleases with his money. Yeah. He can spend it however he wants, but it's the people that are taking advantage of him and getting close to him because they know that he has the money. That's so shitty. Yeah. That's the thing, though. There are so many... Like trying to reconnect. Yeah. There are so many kind of like... Uh, there's so many like generous people in this world but that's the problem like we live in a cruel world where people will take advantage of you in a heartbeat 
And it's yeah, just literally proven by this man. By this. I mean, let this be the story, if anything, to show you that you have to be really careful in this world because people will take advantage of your niceness like that. I'm not saying be an asshole, but I'm saying also yeah. watch who you have your energy to. Get, yeah, exactly. Like Bree said, like quote that. Like <laughs> seriously, seriously though. Seriously though, yeah. Now the pressure from the world even got so bad that one night, people would literally walk onto his property no. and come knocking at his door, no. bothering this poor man. That no. night, it scared him out of his house. So he stayed with his friend Greg, and Greg would later recount Abraham retelling him, quote, I wish I ain't had no money, unquote. And it, no. it, it's just, uh, it's just like... This yeah, because he's not the, even enjoying it. He thought it's just like another thing that really hit me when I like was researching this was that I feel like it's not obviously only me, and I feel like it's a lot of young people too because we're young and we're still learning. But like I always forget that money isn't the end all be all. You know, it, this is the story too. Again, if not anything else, that shows you that money can't always buy you happiness. It seemed like it was kind of weighing on you know, Abraham, because of the fact that he felt like he was losing his, like, his respect for everybody. Everyone just saw him for his money. Everyone just saw him for one thing only, and that was the fact that he was yeah. a millionaire. Especially, too, because he's such, like, a genuine guy, too. Yeah. Like, he doesn't care about the money. He cares about friendship, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, oh, it just breaks my heart. So, in April of 2007, five months after winning the lottery, Abraham meets 27-year-old Centuria Butler, who Abraham's family was kind of skeptical of at first, for good reason. She was younger and she wasn't prior, she wasn't with him prior to the winnings, but Abraham really liked this girl. And eventually, in a year later, in 2008, she gave birth to Abraham's second son. So they had another baby boy come in the world. So now that Abraham has a second child with Centuria, uh, he realizes he has no money being saved and he starts to get a little anxious because a lot of the responsibilities are being piled on him at once and he's been helping all these people all the while. Yeah. So it really starts, you know, he really starts feeling it. And the pressure, yeah. yeah, the pressure. And he was so actually generous that he managed to end up with $2 million left at this point. Mind you, he started with 16. Almost 17. It was 16.9. Yeah, so 16.9. So let's round out to 17. $17 million. He is now, only two years later, left with $2 million. Bro. It's just That's so insane. unfortunate. It, it's just really sad. And so in October of 2008, a lady contacts Abraham. That claims to be a very successful businesswoman named Doris Moore. Who most known as, uh, who is most known as Dee Dee. She heard his story and wants to write a book about his story. So let's hold up a sec and just talk about Dee Dee more for a second. Well, Dee Dee was a Florida gal that was also growing up learning how to help people. She always wanted to actually help people, which is kind of ironic considering what we might know later. Growing up, she always knew she wanted to become a nurse. She was always a high-achieving student, got her license in CNA, which I think is a medical term. Don't know. Mm -hmm. Medical people, let me know. And really wanted to do some good for the world. The one thing about Dee Dee growing up was that she was always embarrassed that her friends 
were, or sorry, her friends and their families had money while her family was a low-income household. But Dee Dee always knew that she needed to work her way up getting to that special point. So she just started working, basically. Although, along the way, her family would consider that she would pull a lot of shady schemes and she would do it in order to just get a little more extra change in her wallet. But they never asked questions. Hmm. Sus. I don't like this lady already. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so sometime in the mid-90s, she worked for a medical staffing company and really did well there. And while there, Dee Dee had a side hustle working at Nextel. I think that's some kind of... It was a phone company. Phone company. <laughs> oh my god, I remember Nextel. Nextel, yeah. I'm like young to know about that too. But, I've heard of oh it my before. God, that's I've heard so of it. old. Well, here she started really getting down her strong business skills, which led to her and a coworker to start a medical business called American Medical Professionals LLC. Oh, good for them. Now, this coworker of hers was the president, and Dee Dee was a vice president. And everything had been working really well for this new business of theirs for years. Dee Dee actually, or eventually, suggests opening a branch in Plant City, Florida. She felt that the area would be best supported by their business, and so her team and her agreed. And then she just starts moving there and sets up the same project. She's not very far, I don't think. She still lives in Florida. I think she just started to move there. And so everything is working great for some time until the co-workers she start, started the LLC with and other team members quickly begin to notice that the company has oddly been losing more money from the company's budget but stopped seeing any progress. So they are like, all right, what's going on? They launch an internal investigation and soon find out that Didi has taken about $62,000 in payroll schemes oh my from this company <laughs> that she started Right before the trial of the American Medical Professionals LLC versus Doris Moore, somehow the main branch of her company just so happens to catch fire, and all the files the company had against her just went up in flames as convenient. well. Convenient. How convenient, right? It's very convenient. So the years after got pretty hard for Didi. After this, she obviously was fired from this company. That she created. I was about to say her own company. Girl. Fire from Nextel. And was banned from ever selling phones for any phone company. Damn. Didn't even know this thing until I read that. Eventually, Dee Dee and her then-husband, James, had to file for bankruptcy because they had been falling so far behind their bills. And following was their divorce. In 2006, she eventually found a new boyfriend while co-parenting her son... Which brings us back to where we were before on October, or sorry, in October of 2008, when Dee Dee reaches out to Abraham. So Abraham is told from Dee Dee that this is a very successful business. Oh, sorry. Ugh. So Abraham is told from Dee Dee that she's a very successful businesswoman that wants to write a book about his story. So they both agree to it, and they want to meet in more detail, right? So... Abraham brings his girlfriend, Centoria, and they meet up at some restaurant, sitting on a patio, getting to know one another. And while getting to know Dee Dee, Abraham is quite intrigued to hear how successful Dee Dee is. She explains how she is the president and the owner of her own business called American Medical Professionals. Mm. 
She's divorced with a teen son named RJ. So Abraham and Centuria are impressed and they hire her. I don't know if y'all caught that lie, but it's in there. <laughs> I caught it. <laughs> Within days, she was over their house daily, learning more and more about Abraham, his lifestyle, his family, and Dee Dee is learning a lot of things. One of which she learns how badly Abraham has been saving his money or handling his money in general, and how much it's bothering him. So Dee Dee goes, hey, It just so happens I'm a really good financial advisor. I can definitely help you with your finances. Mm. Convenient. (laughs) Again. A lot of people over the years had swindled Abraham already. And he knew he needed the help. So he just didn't apply. She was like, okay, cool. Let's just do it. Let's get into it. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) I feel so bad for this poor man. I feel I actually feel terrible for this poor man. And just keeps look at pictures, like, don't look at pictures, because I keep saying look at our Instagram, but like, when at you see WTLGO podcast we, on Instagram, <laughs> we um, go on there and you'll just see his beautiful smile. And he has like the most, oh, like, you just know how gracious and like so nice he is. And then you put it with that smile and like, you're just like, oh, like, I just want to get to know him. Like, I feel like he like tell you a good story like a or something. Band. Yeah. So... Not long after this initial conversation, just days later, Didi poses a question to Abraham and says, I think that we should create an investment company together. She says this will be how we make most of the money back, and I'll start record. Uh, sorry, I'll also start recollecting the loans that everyone owes you. Knowing good and well, Abraham does not know shit about how to start an investment company. She asks this question anyways. He says okay, and not even three months later, DT manages all of Abraham's assets. That's so bad. All of his assets. You should never let anyone manage all of no, your assets. not at all. And again, unfortunately, Abraham's circumstance, I think he was just like, know you know what? Better. Someone's here. Someone's here to help me. Like, yeah, and he didn't know any better. And, and he again, didn't know anything comes, himself. Oh, I, I feel like a broken record saying this, but like... Oh, Abraham. I feel bad because like... He's a nice person, probably assuming that someone's going to do something nice back for them. Yeah, he finally, like, got a win, you know? He got a win, and he's happy. He's like, Thought of he course, no, yeah. like, it's it's working for me. And then, Dee Dee. Fucking Dee Dee. <laughs> Fucking Dee Dee. All of this money that belonged to Abraham sat in the hands of Dee Dee through this investment company that she manages. She started spending so much time at his house that her boyfriend and son would literally come over and hang out whenever they chose to. No effing way. Literally, I'm not no kidding you. No effing way. I think Abraham was kind of friendly about this because he befriended this woman. And initially, she was supposed to be writing this book. And then here she is doing everything else for him. Yeah. So I think they just adapted a pers- like a, a relationship and he kind of was like, okay, it's oh, fine. Yeah, like, she's my friend. Like, she's helping me. And he's so friendly, too, she's for so him. Friendly. For him, it's like a new friend, you know? Yes. New friends. Yes. And probably his son to play with his son. To play with his son to ha- when he has his kid over. Yeah. They are, and they yeah. were about the same age, too. Yeah, exactly. They're maybe a couple of years difference, but yeah, they're about exactly. the same age. So it's like, kind of works for both yeah. of them. Exactly. Well, was supposed to, I guess. Yeah. And I, I think you guys are catching on to Didi, if you haven't already. Fucking Didi. Oh, it gets crazier, though. So tune in. Because, fortunately to add, Abraham's situation had already been bad enough before Didi came into the picture. 
because he had already been losing that house. He really? lost so much money that he couldn't afford to keep up with the house. Oh, wow. So the plan was that Centoria would move out and stay with some family with her son. And then Abraham would stay back at home to have him and Didi try selling the home while they looked for a smaller home to move into. So not a bigger home, but like a smaller home that's more affordable to yeah, keep keep up with. Nice, that's smarter. Probably, yeah. yeah. Abraham was cool with this plan. He didn't care as long as he could be in a house that housed him and his family. That's all he cared about. So Centoria moves out and he's starting to get Didi's help with selling this house. Abraham really starts getting excited and higher spirited again because he's finally feeling more stable. But Didi really starts suggesting that Abraham not leave the house at all. She suggests that if he kept leaving the house to visit his children or even go to the grocery store, then he'll just be harassed by more people and this will never have its resolution. He says, okay, I'll just sit back and just, you know, let you do all the work. It's cool if you really want to do it. And she's like, yeah, I'll jump in. So after a month goes by, around March of 2009, DT convinces Abraham, since the house isn't selling for some odd reason, quote unquote, to just sign over the house to her. <gasps> no! And oh not the company God. that they made, by the way, her company, oh American Medical God. Professionals. In that way, the burden of his home is just lifted. I know. I know. I know, girl. At this point, Dee Dee wastes no time moving her things into the house and begins renovating the home. Yeah, of course. Again, nothing about this bothers Abraham because in his eyes, she's getting rid of the problem. She's helping. Yeah. So he's, in fact, so happy about this that, according to Dee Dee... Abraham just decides to go on some kind of victory travel. It actually isn't super random that Abraham actually choose to travel around this, maybe not around this time, but in general, because Abraham had actually always wanted to travel the world. He made that really known to his family. He made that really known to his friends. But what was odd was that, why would Abraham choose to leave his family behind, especially without even a goodbye? Well... Didi Moore, being the closest to him and the closest in contact with Abraham, assured to anyone trying to reach him, he was so stressed out from everyone asking him for money and thought it was best that he get away and go off the grid for a while. Yeah, without, not, without talking to his mom. Without talking to his mom, without talking to his girlfriend who has his baby who he loved. Yeah, no. I well, don't believe that for one second. Thank you. And Didi maintained that Abraham was sending her text messages and insisting that everything was A OK. Family and friends were a little skeptical at first because it was weird. Abraham was not the type of guy to ever just up and leave. Not even at his lowest low, but at the same time, they knew that he was really stressed out at the time. And they thought maybe he just really needed to get away for a while. So they accepted that for a minute. Abraham's cousin, Cedric Edom, was quoted saying, quote, He did mention wanting to leave town. We wanted to help him because everybody else's dream he was trying to fill and never had time for himself, unquote. That's when Dee Dee's alleged interactions between her and Abraham started getting a little more suspicious. Because now, his worried loved ones began receiving text messages from Abraham saying, quote, I don't think I'll be coming back. And how 
he doesn't Dude. want to keep paying for child support. Oh my God. Oh my and that God. he's just going to keep moving on. Oh my <laughs> God. I'm just scratching my head because it's like, huh. This is news to Centoria because last time she checked, she was upset. Oh, sorry. He was obsessed with his newborn baby. And he could even bear to be apart from his oldest son. Abraham's mother found it especially weird because when reading the text message that he sent to her, she realized that the text message had little to no grammatical error or punctuation mistakes. Too perfect. Keep in mind. He didn't write that shit. He's illiterate. Yeah, he didn't write that shit. He didn't write that shit. Six months go by. Still, no one had seen or heard from Abraham except for Didi. So his cousin Cedric finally reports Abraham Shakespeare a missing person. When investigators first started looking into this case, they felt that it was not super out of the ordinary for a lottery ticket winner to take their money and leave the country. They did look at a long list of people that Abraham loaned money to, but everyone checked out. They were not finding many labels, oh, sorry, many leads. And not surprisingly, here comes Dee Dee, readily available to give cops any information they need. She has it there. She does. She tells officers he left at his own expense and he didn't tell her where he was going, but she knew he needed to get away from all the chaos in his life. Cedric tells police he was skeptical of Dee Dee because. She was the last one that obviously seemed alive. And Dee Dee randomly asked Cedric, not even a couple days before he caught the police, to give Abraham's mother a private card of Abraham. When she opened it, it was a goodbye card with $100 inside. So that's really questionable as to why he would want to do that. So investigators are like, okay, we need to look into this Dee Dee chick. Who the fuck is she? Uh, not a direct quote, but you can imagine. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> so they bring her back in for questioning. Dee Dee just tells them, I just do what Abraham hired me for. And then she tells police unnecessary information about Abraham. Dee Dee then gives the missing persons unit a videotape. And on it, she's recording Abraham with a like camcorder, with mm-hmm. one of those early 2000 camcorders. Yeah. And... It's actually him. It's him in the video. He's wearing a white t-shirt and he had dreadlocks, so he kind of had it wrapped up in like a like a do-rag. Mm-hmm. And it looks like he's texting at the moment and Dee's like asking him. She's holding the camera towards him and she asks, hey, you want to get out of here? He says, yeah, let's get out of here. Dee says, well, where do you want to go? You want to get away from everyone asking you for money? He says, yeah, 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 sure, let's go, let's go. She says, you get tired of people asking you for money all the time? Give me your opinion on it. He says, quote, I've been tired. I've been tired a year ago. She says, are you going to miss your home? Yep, I'll miss it, but time goes on. I'm stumped on that video because <laughs> this is actual. Obviously, sounds this is like actual video. An actor. It sounds like an act. So I I saw this through the documentary I was watching. I don't know a ton about everything before and after because you never can really get the whole story. But it's weird because knowing Abraham was such a dedicated person in general, and then he just decides to like this be like, you know, I'm you know good with leaving, whatever. 
you know, it's fine. I'll just leave. And I don't know. It's just odd. So I don't know. But apparently to police that checks out. Though before the night, Dee Dee went to the station, she fucked up. She went to Centuria and asked her if she could tell the police Abraham randomly stopped by angry that got into a screaming match and he left. So, of course, Centuria is like, what the fuck? No, like, I'm not going to tell my I'm not going to tell the police that the father of my children that's missing is just came when he didn't. And what the fuck? Like, where is yeah, my husband? Where's my boyfriend? Yeah, yeah. What the fuck is going on? Like, why do you want me to do that? Yeah, of course. So Centuria the next day obviously goes to the police and told them what Didi told her. Investigators did hone in on one suspect that Didi had helped direct the investigators to, which was Abraham's old friend, Michael Ford. Now, if you don't remember, Michael Ford had been the guy that went and helped him get the lottery ticket, the $2 lottery tickets. What I didn't tell you about that was that Abraham had won the lottery and his friend Michael actually tried suing him. This was right after he won the lottery. He felt that since he was the one to go in and physically buy the ticket, he was the owner of the winnings. But in court, the judge quickly ruled out Abraham being the sole owner of the winnings. So D-Day says, yeah, he did it. He's the one who did this. Okay, I'm backchecking. Um, it was literally Abraham's money. So it, it's Abraham's winning. It was literally winning. his $2. Yeah, like it's that literally Abraham's winning. Yes, thank you. So obviously we know that this guy just literally wasn't a friend to him at all. Silly goofy. Silly goofy Silly guy. Silly goofy Silly goofy guy. <laughs> like, not a good It just, again, comes to show you people will act when it comes to money. Like, also, people will show their true colors. Also, can we talk about how literally, if Michael asked Abraham for some money, that Abraham literally would have given, given it, it to, to him. him? Not saying that, like, he should have or yeah, it was or a good idea <laughs> or that he deserves it. But, uh, like, according to his track record, like, looking at all of it, mm-hmm. seems like he was pretty. Cool. giving yeah he's, he's pretty, pretty giving. giving michael i mean sorry not michael sue them guy abraham would have given him money had he not done that i would assure you oh i like i'm shocked <laughs> but let me tell you if Let's... a bitch tried to come up at me and was like let me sue you because i because you gave me my money your money that was my to get money. something yeah uh, we go at it my money go. my guy literally <laughs> So Michael, fortunately for him, had an alibi because he didn't live in Florida at the time of Abraham's disappearance. He actually moved to Georgia. So the main suspect just goes right back to Dee Dee. So police are like, all right, we need to track the calls Abraham has made to Dee Dee. They found out that Abraham's phone pinged last from a tower near his home and found that it's been turned off and turned on over and over again. Suspicious. Suspicious. Boo, are you touching stuff? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's playing with the metal bit on oh, the see. bottom. Obviously, the police needed more evidence on Dee Dee, so they secretly placed a checker onto her car. As so, they should. Yeah, the next time she can in station is put on her car. But this next note is just wild. It gets even more wild, if you can even imagine. So just two days after Christmas in 2009, Dee Dee goes uh, to pay Abraham's mother a visit. While she does, Abraham's mom receives a odd call and picks it up. The person answers and says, hey, mom, it's me, Abraham. Mm. Please don't call the police. I just want to be away. 
Tell the police you'll never see me again. Bro. So the worried mother, elderly mother, mind you, obviously calls the police immediately and tells her, um, tells the police what she's heard on the phone and says to her, this obviously is not my son. Yeah, clearly. So the police tracked down the call made to his mother, Elizabeth Walker, to the least expected character to return to the story. The call came from Greg Smith. If you remember, it's a barber friend that Abraham gave $87,000 to in loans for his barbershop because business. Because they were friends. And how is he going to do that? Oh, my God. <sighs> Boo is looking at me like, What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? That's it's wrong what I'm with people. Saying, Boo. Investigators then tracked down Greg himself to a busy shopping mall parking lot while on a stakeout to find Greg. He probably spent his $87,000, I me tell you, he better buy it. Or whatever was left <laughs> he over. He better be doing some some good stuff with that. Because I'm telling you, the or fact that he he's caught in this lie right now is fucking taking me to my avenue. <sighs> so just so happens, they see, instead, good old Dee Dee pulling up to the parking lot. Oh my god, this bitch. <laughs> he said, uh, I came with this bitch. <laughs> Of all people, right? Oh of all God. people. Well, honestly, like disappointed, but not surprised. Yeah, honestly, are we disappointed, but not surprised? And so, instead, they follow her. They follow her car to see where she parks. She parks, and she parks right next to Greg Smith. Oh my God! She then gets out of her car, goes into his, and hands him a wad of cash. Gets out and then drives off. So the officers uh. are like. Looking at each Clearly other. Clearly sure. not suspicious at all. I'm sure they're looking at each other. <laughs> you so, see that? Yeah. You see that, Jim? You see the shit? You, you see saw the shit? that shit, right? T. <laughs> see? T. So, of course, like I said, the investigators get out this car and they confront Greg as to why he had made this call first of all to abraham's grandmother pretending to be abraham to clarify the call was to the mother not the grandmother yes i'm sorry if i said grandmother god insert (laughs) insert correction here thank you for correcting that for me and oh yeah why the hell is he with dd moore handling a wad of cash for 0.2 seconds like that's not the most suspicious thing in the world ever yeah so quickly, without any hesitation, Greg comes forward and tells police, Dee Dee came to me and told me if I call Abraham's mother and I act as Abraham, Dee Dee would pay me $5,000. So police were actually super worried about Greg. He was simply just a shit friend that took advantage of the situation, but police were not letting this go. They still wanted Greg to help them catch Dee Dee in, conf- in a confession for knowing the whereabouts of Abraham. Side note, while this is all happening, one investigator is on the case doing a deep dive into who Dee Dee really is. He found that he found out that she had been fired from her company. She was accused of several thefts, frauds and arson. In addition, she actually had been arrested before for insurance fraud after accusing several men of raping her or for stealing their car or for stealing her car. Also, she never had to plan to write that book, by the way, that wasn't a thing. Okay, we br- we believe survivors, but uh, 
I don't think she's a survivor. She's not. And that's a blatant lie, right? Uh, yeah, no, it's a blatant lie. I actually dug deep into that. Um, the so basically with that, she had known these these guys. They weren't any people out of the ordinary. And basically, what she had done is she had basically set up a scheme where she was able to fortunately act like she was a victim of rape. And I meant to say we believe victims, not survivors. No, yeah. We believe victims, sorry. Yeah, we believe victims. <laughs> Correction. Continue, sorry. But um, I think it was an investigator who had actually honed in on this and found out that she was just lying about all this. So that just came out and she was kind of pinned for it. <laughs> crazy. Just caught. crazy people out there. Because that's just discrediting all the people that actually did experience it. Yes. So, exactly. Shitty. Exactly. So authorities start out a plan to use Greg since Dee Dee doesn't know much about what the police know. And so they place a wire into an empty drink can. They then get him to meet up with Dee Dee at a gas station. During this discussion, police got nothing to work with from this conversation. I mean, there are like some subtle hints, but nothing to pin her on. But before wrapping up the conversation, Dee Dee says, quote, I'm being blamed for Abraham's disappearance. I would pay for someone to take the rap for it if I could. Unquote. This dumb bitch. <laughs> this dumb, stupid. <laughs> I think my brain actually hurts. Are you guys thinking what I'm thinking? Like, oh, yeah. anywho. She's so guilty. This is enough information for investigators to attain a subpoena for Dee Dee's phone records, and they do, in fact, find that her phone was pinged off of the same cell towers as Abraham's. And then investigators are now like, we are pretty confident Dee Dee is behind all of this. Now we just need to have a location of his whereabouts. So investigators turn Dee Dee's wish into their command. Detectives have Greg call Dee Dee back the following day to tell her that he has a cousin that already is a criminal or sorry um that already has a criminal record and is willing to go to jail if she paid him fifty thousand dollars what what no this is what wait <laughs> and provided the locations of abraham's whereabouts to really sell a story to police okay what all she- i'm saying is is he's willing to go to jail as long as he pay she pays him 50- but listen, but listen, how is listen. he supposed to use it but listen, listen, listen. I didn't get to finish. <laughs> I didn't get to finish okay, yet. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. It just doesn't make sense. Okay. Yeah, it's going to make sense, I promise. Okay, okay. She's like, all right, but don't bring your cousin yet. Just meet me alone at the gas station and we will drive over. Okay. What she didn't know is that that, police, that, that cousin was a police officer undercover. Okay, period. So oh. that makes sense. <laughs> well, what the, like... I mean, that should have been red flag because who is taking the rap for money when they're not going to be able to spend the money? But then again, who's calling the family member, the person that's missing, and then is like, hey, can you lie to the police for me? So I feel like Didi is just a dumb bitch in general that can't even <laughs> see no from right. And I'm like... I see no lies here. <laughs> oh, I dropped those... Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> I just dropped the tablet. Um, fuck, where'd I go? Bob Peverly said, what's the one meme where it's like, and then my head hit the floor? <laughs> Literally. Oh my God. That's a funny one. If you guys haven't seen that, that's funny. 
queen. So Greg, oh, sorry, I found it. Okay, so Greg rides with Dee Dee from Lakeland to Plant City, where it seems she has purchased a new house completely separate from the one Abraham sold to her company. A whole ass different house. She walks him around to the backyard to a large cement slab in the back and says, That's so suspicious. Like, I already know what, like, is that not painfully obvious? Well, Dee Dee tells Abraham, quote, tell your boy to dig six feet down and you'll find Abraham's body. Yeah, fucking clearly, because there's a big ass cement slab in the back of her house that's fresh and newly poured. So Dee Dee's dumb ass walks away, comes back out the house with a whole ass 38 caliber gun and tells Greg she got it from the person that used it to kill Abraham and needs his cousin to get rid of it. At this point, investigators want to wait till Dee Dee leaves the, uh, the home so they could do a sweep of the house without Dee Dee being aware, but they know who her, their girl is. So on January 25th, two, uh, 2010, they returned to Dee Dee's home, sorry, her second home, dug up the concrete where six feet under had been the badly decayed body of Abraham. He suffered two bullet wounds to the chest. Police returned to Abraham's old home where they in fact found Miss Didi completely surprised and confused about what was going on. Of course. She was then arrested on the charges of Abraham Shakespeare's murder. Per usual, Didi conjures up stories during her videotaped inter- um, interrogation her story also kept changing. First thing, three guys came in and shot him. Took everything we had in the safe and left with it. They put a gun in my mouth. I peed my pants. I was scared. They forced me to cover up this crime scene. She did provide a name to these men she listed off. And they did actually exist. But her alibis checked out. I mean, their alibis checked out. So she then says... Abraham got super mad at me and he and I just had to shoot him in defense. Ma'am, you cannot just change your fucking al- like oh my god, what? That's like makes you more suspicious. That's not how this she works. Is, <laughs> like she is not she like thought that she covered and like She thought she covered up. Yeah. Crossed all her T's, dotted all her eyes. Like she thought that like she was doing a good job or that she was a good criminal or whatever but she is so messy she's so fucking messy she's so messy with it and she fucked she fucked up a long time ago and it's just it's just like girl like first of all okay you made you made out one story you almost got by on that too that that three-man story about the burglars they checked it the people existed you can't just make up a whole nother fucking story and think that oh oh yeah okay that makes more sense thank you for coming forward that just makes you look more suspicious. What the fuck is wrong with people? <laughs> like, what? Wait, I would just like to add that I'm glad that she's, like, stupid because I am she too. got caught. I am Like, like let easily. me, like, clarify that. Very easily. And that does make me actually really happy because I'm like, she... Ooh, this bitch. This bitch. <laughs> well, while DJ is trying to save face, investigators are interviewing other people around her. And then they stumble across her ex-husband, James Moore. And they find some pretty juicy piece of information from this. James mentions that shortly before Abraham's disappearance, Dee Dee paid him to dig a hole on her property in, a, in Plant City so that she could start a, uh, a <coughs> paintball field for her new home. 
you know, for her boyfriend and her son. That would be dope, though. Not that, that would be cool. But that's not what she wanted to do. Well, clearly. <laughs> but we, they don't know this, you know. So as it is understood, things like this take more than obviously just a day of digging to do. And James just says, okay. And he comes to dig. Starts digging. But it starts to rain. So he goes home. TNA calls him back later that day. Then says, hey, I need you to really finish this because the inspector was coming to check the house the next day. So he does, and he says, when D, uh, he had arrived again, it seemed that Dede was dirty and very out of breath. She claimed it from being running around all day, but he didn't really think much of it. He just kind of knew that Dede was a weird-ass woman, and I'm sure he would have known this from being married with her for so many years. Could only expect that to be the reason why he got a divorce with her. But hey, that's not my business. So the next day, as far as witnesses knew, Dede was having a new driveway poured and offers the workers extra to pour a concrete slab over the freshly resoiled hole. So I guess they didn't have time that day, so they return two days later and they pour Dede her 10 by 10 concrete slab. This witness statement was a solid for a prosecution statement. So they had this in their pocket for her, her trial. During the trial, D-Day maintained her uh, her innocence. Not fucking surprising. It was revealed from the prosecution that D-Day scammed Abraham and his family into believing that she would be willing to help Abraham. She took his remaining million dollars to buy herself a separate new home, a $70,000 Corvette for her boo, for her little boo thing, a $30,000 truck for herself, a Hummer just because... Expensive jewelry, clothes. By the time Didi had been caught, Abraham only had $10,000 left to his name. His family got no reimbursement from this, by the way. The only reimbursement, or sorry, I don't even say reimbursement. The only thing or the only money that any of his family got was that million dollar trust fund that no one else could touch. They didn't even get her the mom's house? No, no, nothing. They... I thought mom's house was paid for. Oh, mom's house was paid for. I'm sorry. I didn't see what you were saying at first. Yeah. Her okay, house was they paid got for. Mom, okay. So yeah, you're, I guess you're they right. Yeah. Mom's so they house got mom's house. And the trust fund. And they got is, the trust fund. I mean, that's a lot of money, but that's nothing compared yeah. to what it was. But compared to what it was and compared to how much he still had and she used. It's not even the fact that she, no matter how much money you won, it's the fact that someone else stole that money. Stole that money from you. His family. So frustrating. Of course, was being as supportive and powerful as possible during this trial. They were trying to, of course, you know, they wanted to really give his name a satisfying rest. And I don't blame him for that. They were really powerful throughout this whole thing. It was really sad to watch trial videos and stuff. Um, In 2012, Doris Moore, a.k.a. Dee Dee, was found guilty for the first degree murder of Abraham Shakespeare, serving life in prison with no possibility of parole. Good. Dee Dee still maintains her innocence to this day while held at the Low Correctional Facility in o- uh, Ocala, Florida. Do you know how old she is now? Um, I want to say Dee Dee at the time was, I want to say she's in her 60s, just from a rough estimate. Like right now? Yeah, right now. I know for a fact her uh, his son, 
um is around our age so i think he actually was born in 98 so he would be 25 this year so he's able to access his fun i think after 18 right you're able to 18 yeah yeah. i think so i don't know i'm not a chess fun kid i know i I wish (laughs) but he deserves everything to him like this whole family deserves everything that everything good everything good in the world because they had a they had a family member that Really love the world. Ray of sunshine. Ray of sunshine. And someone decided, some evil in this world decided to rip that from them. God, that's like, this. okay, but that's like the reason why I'm frustrated is, I mean, obviously, like, what's not to be frustrated about? Yeah. But like, this man deserved it. He deserved the like, world. Like, he truly deserved this money. Yeah. And not a lot of people, like, you know, you can really say that they, like, deserve it, you yeah. know? But he, like, deserves but it. But that man deserved he it. He worked like, hard. He, he took worked care of his hard. mother. He cared about his everybody. Kids. He didn't have a lot. He didn't have a lot. He, he literally have went to Walmart. He went to Walmart yeah, to buy his clothes like, while he was over here giving people away money. And he, like, he, I mean, Building affordable story, housing for people. Moral of the story. He deserved it, and somebody literally took it away from him. Took it away from took him. It, like, that's the part that's so frustrating, is he deserved this money, and this evil woman, like, just ripped it away. Like, and for including what? Including his life. Like, and not even, what? like, fuck the money. Literally took his life, his life over this money. A man who would have given you that money. When, when he literally would have probably given these people money if that's all they wanted i'm sure all they had to do was ask and this man would have been alive and people just don't fucking care even though he definitely should have not given them money no no like he's nicer than me and it just sucks that one silly mistake because he didn't know any better to trust her with all of his funds. She definitely took he advantage took, like, of him so when she knew she bad. could. And now investigators still believe that Dee Dee did not do this alone. They believe that she hired someone to physically kill Abraham. But whether or not she shot him or whether she had someone else do it, she still had the intent she, to murder and she in cold definitely blood. was very involved. And she this was premeditated for sure. Oh, yeah, from, premeditated since the beginning. and she disposed of And yeah, that's too, one thing so. that she has not she has not come forward with. Even during the trial, she kept telling these lies. She didn't she never came forward with the truth. You can tell oh, she, she didn't. She is still hiding things. We don't know what actually happened between her and Abraham the night or the day that he was killed. Like, we just know around that time he was killed. We just don't know when. And we also don't know, and of course, forensic investigator, things like that are going to say maybe it was this or that day, but we don't know for sure. So his family has to sit with that. And then also on top of that, of course, obviously the fact that this random woman comes into her life and just takes everything away from them. But then on top of that, it's like, Didi knew that he had a whole family. He had children to support. He wanted to support the whole world. And again, I don't know how Didi came into the picture, but what some believe is that she found him on the news, was watching the news one day, and knew that this is a guy she could take advantage of if she did it the right way. I don't know if she knew from the beginning that Abraham didn't, that may have lacked education, but she did come out of nowhere and kind of just fixate herself on around this family so oh it's just crazy how a force could just ruin 
something so beautiful like that and let this story be one of those told i think this is one of my favorite stories being told and um not only because it's Black History Month, I don't want anyone thinking that. We're going to tell way more stories about people of color, people that have lost their lives for the most pointless reasons. And we're just waste of sunshine. There's one that I really want to cover. I think we're going to cover it. We were going to cover, I want to say like two weeks ago, but I walked over it. Um, that was a case about a female veteran who was not veteran. I'm sorry. She was a female soldier who unfortunately had been murdered by someone else. And again, she is another source. She was a um, Hispanic woman who had been killed working on, on the U S military. And it's just, it's just thoughts like that. Like you shouldn't kill anyone, obviously, but the fact that you can take someone's life that's trying to do good to the world, trying to make this world a better place. Like trying this to, man truly would have actually made impact on the world. He would have made an impact. I on mean, the he world. already did. Like he, he did already affordable was. housing. He got his so-called friend a, a business and like. Yeah, but that friend then came up behind. That's another thing too. His friend came up behind his back, and just decided to take advantage of whatever DJ was trying to tell him for this money, whether or not. And I think that's kind of shady too, still to me because he was let off, but I still think it was shady personally because he knew that his friend was missing. I get from his words. He was saying that, you know, Oh, I just want to give his mom satisfaction. I just wanted her to have closure. You weren't fucking having his mom have closure. You just wanted this fucking money that DD claimed to give you. So, let that be a thing. It's just this story. It just, it's heartbreaking, but it needs to be heard. And I'm happy I told it. Ooh, what story. <laughs> but uh, rest in peace. Rest in peace, Abraham Shakespeare. Rest in peace. Rest in and peace. God bless your soul. Literally. Truly. Uh, but nevertheless, I'm just, again, these, this is why we tell stories. We want to tell them to get people's stories out and... Get their names out. Get their he names deserves out. deserves to be known. Yeah. I didn't know a ton about this story. I knew, I knew a little bit about it from the news. Um, but it, it recently kind of resurfaced because I think Dee Dee is still forcing her way out of that prison. Bitch, you're not getting out. But um, it kind of resurfaced and I really want to cover this just, of course, just as a, a story. Just a... A, a, a story to tell and to learn from. A true story. A true story. Let alone it's, yeah. unfortunate one. But that is the case of the murder of Abraham Shakespeare. Thank you all for listening so much um, to our episode t- uh, today. Uh, we are obviously consistently working to get great episodes out for you weekly. More to come in the future. Make sure to go on to our Instagram at WTLGO Podcast. Make sure to go onto our TikTok. We did not, I, I'm sorry, we actually did not um, do any video today, but we will do some at some point soon. I plan to at some point, maybe. I gotta get all dolled up. You gotta get all dolled up. <laughs> I wasn't ready today. No, it's okay. I, I, we're both, we're both wearing green sweatpants, which is so cute, but we're barely wearing sweatpants and hoodies, so it's fine. Love. We ain't ready yet, but we'll get there. <laughs> Still go on and follow us. We'll be posting soon. Make sure to send us your inquiries or anything that you have for us in terms of stories or listener stories. Many of you have them. I know you do. So if you have them, make sure to send them to WTLGO. Uh, sorry, sorry, that wrong. WTLGOinquiries at gmail.com. And that kind of wraps us up to the end of this episode, everybody. Have a happy, safe, 
rest of your weekend. Stay safe. Stay safe out there. Carry on Abraham's legacy. I don't know the words. Carry on (laughs) Abraham's legacy of being a ray of sunshine. Yes, please, guys. Be decent people. Be people that help other people. You don't have to have money to help wise. And that's okay. And let's not scam people. Yeah. Oh, oh, shit. Scamming is the the title of this episode, if anything. Scamming is not something you should do. If you start a business, don't fuck it up. (laughs) In that way, at least. How are you going to, like, literally scam your own business? This bitch really scammed her own business. Yeah. You fucked up your own business and got fired. (laughs) How are you get fired from your own business? (laughs) Well, with that, (laughs) we will see you when the light goes out. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.